Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff from the CyberPro Podcast, back again with another episode where industry leaders share their insights. It's six questions, or maybe actually five questions in nine minutes, because hackers never sleep. So darn it, neither should we. And on that question number one, Ivan, please tell us in a few sentences who you are and what you do. Hello, everybody. My name is Ivan Smirnov, and I am a software engineer living in California. And I'm currently working as a CTO for a travel startup called Elude, which is a travel app that helps you explore the world based on budget and timelines. Excellent. Ivan, I apologize about that. <laughs> All good. Question number two. We hear from other industry leaders that cybersecurity is a top concern and only getting bigger. What does that mean to you? That is such a highly relevant topic today. In this day and age of highly networked machines, physical distances no longer really matter. And as we all know, anything that is publicly accessible can be attacked from anywhere in the world. And this causes some interesting responsibilities on us because as creators of technology, it is our responsibility to maintain stewardship of users' data. If folks trust us with their valuable information, it's imperative that we do everything we can to protect it in order to not jeopardize their lives. As we've seen, even innocuous data leaks like emails or phone numbers can unfortunately be used in social engineering attacks to escalate into deeper and deeper access into valuable systems like banks. So what this means for us is we have to stay up to date. We can't sleep on the job. We'll have to read modern security news, reading blogs, talking to industry leaders, and really thinking constantly about what is the attack vector that we're trying to protect against and how do we fulfill our responsibility to the users. Fascinating, fascinating. That's a, that's a very in-depth response. Um, going to have to go over that a couple more times to appreciate it. Question number three, share with us the most fascinating thing about being a cyber professional during this time of informational abundance. That is such a fantastic question. And it truly is an age where there's so much information and resources available. And frankly, it's astounding. I don't know of any other field where a lack of formal qualifications is not a barrier. And some of the most successful folks that I know are self-taught. There's boundless opportunity for learning and limitless application of this knowledge. Cyber technology in my eyes is a great equalizer. All you need to get started is a reasonable computer and an internet connection. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 75. If you have good ideas and you're able to build them or demonstrate them to other folks, you will be heard. And having so much information available means that if you have an interest in any particular topic, you can dive in, read those resources, watch those videos, and immediately find a community that can support you and help you grow in that regard. Fantastic. And that leads us into question number four. What insights or advice about effective habits to continuously learning and adapting would you care to share with our community? What a great question. This is truly the meat of what it means to be successful, at least in my eyes. Some of the most successful folks that I know are self-taught, and most importantly, they are continuously learning. It's not enough to simply go to a day job, fulfill the role, and then go home and relax. I find that given the abundance of information out there, it's very, mm. very important to cultivate time and be intentional with that time in order to dive into these resources. And it's interesting to note how very often some of these side projects or explorations that I've done end up actually circling back and coming back into my day job where I realize, oh, wow, we should explore this technology or 
this feature that I resolved in a personal project can actually be expanded to some of the work that we're doing here at the company overall. So cultivating this sense and drive of continuously learning and creating good habits around that. Because as we know, there's so much information being thrown at us. There's so many different distractions. And if we take a back seat and let time simply carry us, we will flow in many different directions. But if we sit down and we're intentional about what do we want to pursue, what is something we want to learn, we can carve out time. Maybe perhaps on Wednesdays, we have a project night where after dinner until bed, we only dive into computers. Or perhaps on Sundays, there's a weekly review where you'll read up on industry news. But setting aside blocks of time preemptively, which you can later fall back on and say, this is my time for learning. This is my time for doing. This is my time for exploring or sharing my knowledge. That is a very, very important foundation in order to be up to date and continue evolving. Mm -hmm being consistent and methodical and premeditated with our time. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, thank you for that, Yvonne. Uh, question number five is our final question and a fun question. Uh, tell us about your favorite piece of retro technology that always makes you smile. <laughs> This is such a fantastic rabbit hole. So I have recently discovered this absolutely incredible world of mechanical keyboards. And to confess, I'd never really understood the appeal. But as it turns out, there are folks who take these old keyboards from the 80s, such as the Model M or equivalents, and find ways to recreate that tactile feel in a modern setting. So there's a huge community of makers and folks with expertise in both 3D printing, PCB design, AutoCAD, laser milling, all of these fantastic skills that combine where folks will literally design keyboards from the ground up. They'll create custom PCBs that answer a particular need of theirs. And this beautifully ties into some of the earlier points that I made about being self-taught. Most of those people didn't go to a school for keyboard design, but they sensed the need that when they type, perhaps their thumb is uncomfortable. So they'll create a split keyboard with some thumb clusters, or perhaps they want some interesting macros on the keyboard to have some keybinds. So they'll create a firmware that you can flash on this keyboard. And it's absolutely fantastic to see this incredible combination of retro. We have these ancient mechanical keyboards that are super loud and based on the typewriter, at the same time combining with this beautiful colorful world of 3D printing design, and most importantly, sharing. Every single community that I found has been incredibly open to share these designs and teach people and bring them into this hobby. And in my eyes, that truly is the best reflection of cyber professionals. Yeah, you bring up a very interesting point. We have about a minute left, so I want to kind of go off the reservation. Uh, and, and it kind of flows into a, a, a larger thought process that we've kind of been peeling back with other interviewees where, you know, with the ad, advent, the evolution of AI and robotics and how many of our current day air quote jobs will be lessened or go away, it opens another door to being more creative in functional ways that perhaps we as a, as a species didn't have the time to do so because we were doing more methodical tests any thoughts on that? I think that's a fantastic point, and you're absolutely correct. The availability of, in this case, 3D printing or, or different ways to run small-scale PCBs, that's certainly a part of it. 
uh, taking a step back, the simply the better efficiencies in our society with both the deliveries and the different other opportunities available to us create more time and energy that people can direct in this pursuit. And because of the highly networked and connected world, we have platforms with GoFundMe and Kickstarter and other equivalents where people can take a design that they create on their spare time and immediately see if there's consumer demand for it and launch a product off of it. So there's some truly interesting possibilities where in the future, I agree, we won't have people with just one job. It'll be people with a portfolio of interests that generate income or knowledge or influence across a variety of fields. Excellent, excellent. Wow, that, that's a that's a that's a. It's going to say the H word, so I'll say heck. That was a heck of an answer. Thank you. Um, hey, Iman, if other people want to learn a little bit more about you, uh, your side hustles, or even your day job, what's the best way to get a hold of you and learn more about you? I would love to say hello to any everybody. Uh, we'll link a link to my blog and my website, but generally email is best. I love chatting to new folks and making new introductions. Wonderful. Uh, and that's it for our th this episode of the CyberPro Podcast. I wanted to thank my guest again. Uh, and for those of you who know, the CyberPro Podcast post posts three to four episodes a week. That's if their host can actually talk. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Goodbye.